And we're live. Uh, episode five of Let's Agree to Disagree. I'm in a room with my man Sarone, Eddie, and Zeke. What's going on, fellas? Fellas, fellas. I'm excited to be here tonight, talk NBA playoffs. A few other things, but definitely excited to talk NBA playoffs tonight. Well, uh, yeah, we're a little slightly disappointed based on uh, the fact that the Sixers are down 3-1 right now at the Boston. Um, some of us are optimistic about the future. Some of us are not, don't believe that we could do four in a row. But um, how do y'all feel about the series? Potential comeback? Yes or no? I'm not optimistic. I think it's, it's a wrap. At the, um, the wings for Boston are too athletic for Philadelphia. They didn't, they didn't have a game plan for TJ, but they didn't expect him to be in the lineup. But now that they know that's a prospective player they're going to try to use, I think they're going to game plan and close it out. That's my, that's my opinion on that. What you think, Saron? The series is 3-1. You think uh, potential comeback or not? I'm like super, this is like a super biased, uh, uh, this is like a super biased question, if you ask me. Because uh, you're just, such a Sixers fan? Right. But I think that, I mean, I don't know. Because what I'm thinking is that Brad Stevens, you really can't stop TJ from going to the hole. He's a very short, quick, uh, quick, fast guard. So, uh, I don't, I mean, I still think they're going to lose. Uh, if not, if they win this game, I think, I, I still think they're going to lose the series. But, yeah, that's my opinion about the whole thing. If, they lose, if they lose this game, I honestly believe the pressure immediately, immediately transfer, transfer over to Boston, being as though it's going to be very hard to beat the Sixers in the game six in Philadelphia with those fans. They're definitely going to be intense for their game, and they're going to force a game seven. I mean, I think one thing I think is we we haven't had a game where we really shot the ball real well. Um, exactly. So you're you're hoping that that game. Comes, I don't know if that game is going to come because you know I don't know. It's something some in the area where these guys you know these guys really just they aren't making shots and these they're, they're getting the same looks. They're getting open looks. Understand people are um, you know speaking pretty highly of the Boston defense. And I'm not saying it's bad. They, they're they pretty solid defenders. But the Sixers' offense is working. They're moving the ball. Um, again, I, I, I like everybody else said, I think starting TJ was smart. And I think it was even smarter to take Covington out the starting lineup. So I think I we agree. had two smart moves right there um, by, by Brett Brown and his staff that I think might change the face of this series. I think one thing to consider when you look at this series is the fact that um, not only do we have the best player, we have the deeper roster. And Boston took another injury um, with, with Larkin, the backup point guard. Okay. Ooh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. So, that, you know, that matters. You know what I mean? When you're talking about a team that's already only playing, what, about nine guys? Now down to eight. It just limits their options. Especially. Brad Steven seems to have a very good knack for, for building point guards. Doesn't he? Because Isaiah Thomas leaves Boston. He's non-existent in L.A. Then you got Terry Rozier that just came out of nowhere. And he hasn't playing like a pit bull. Brad Stevens definitely has a system. He gets the players to feed into. And I feel like that comes from his, his uh, background in, in, uh, at Butler. I mean, I, I feel like Brad Stevens is solid. I'm, I'm not going to speak too highly of him because that's who we're facing right now. And right. Probably... I mean, Someone you gotta be, be realistic. Real yeah, I mean, be. if you just look at the way his team executes out of timeout, if you look at uh, his to, plus to, minus, that has to be 
Yeah, I mean, the, the style of ball that they promote um, as far as what they do on the offensive and defensive and their discipline, their effort, um, their game schemes and ability to adjust. I mean, it's all there. So, you know, kudos to the coaching staff. But, again, I think um, I think, I think I think we still have the better personnel. I, th- I think we have the better – the best player plays for us. Yeah. I disagree. Mm. What's, so so who's the best player in the series? Embiid. Also the best player plays for us. How do you disagree with that? But the matchups, other matchups favor Celtics. So one matchup. Because they have more talent on, that, on yeah, the team. Yeah, one matchup. Right. All other four matchups, what else? Who, who do you have? You have Rozier against the point guard. I'm taking Rozier. Then you have Jalen Brown on the wing. I'm taking Jalen Brown. Then you have Tatum. Yeah. And the way Ben Simmons producing, I'm taking Tatum or Jalen Brown over him in the series. So. Right. It's just more talent. The discrepancy yeah. in talent is, is, is obvious. And uh, some players are coming back to reality, that being Covington. Because Covington scores and five more points in Marcus Morris is playing off the bench. You could even take him over Sarge. You could take him over Covington. He's coming out producing. Yeah. So, uh, but on the flip side of that, we have a... I mean, so, I, I mean, before we go to the flip side, I just, you know, I, I, I hear that, um... But for us, I do think Dario is the key. You know, I think starting TJ is important. But I've said this throughout the course of the season that when Dario plays well, we're a tough team to beat. And so I hear what Eddie is saying. And I think part of the reason why we're down 3 0 is because we didn't get that 20 plus point game from Dario. And I do think, I think, what, I think if he does find his, his groove for the next three, three, I think if he does find his groove next game, we'll win that game and every game he remains in a groove. Right. So however long that can last, I feel like he is the key because, you know, the other guys, you know, Embiid is going to get his. Ben is going to be Ben, you know, and I know people are very critical of the way Ben play. I feel like Ben plays the exact way the coaches telling him to play. It's what you would expect from, I believe, any rookie in his circumstance when he's been all season long promoted to shoot the three, uh, look for the three and transition and do some things that a lot of people are questioning right now. But... You know, again, I I feel like Dario is the key. When he plays well, we're a tough team to beat. So Go ahead. My bad. Yeah, because I was just trying to get over to the other side of the uh, uh, of the of the list as far as the playoffs, where we had LeBronto fucking sweep the fucking Raptors. So disrespectful. That's just so embarrassing to be under this psychological spell. Kyle Lyon had a defeated look on his face. He had the whole the, that last game. He looked defeated. I mean, I think he knew he knew it was a wrap. He had the look on his face. And I don't necessarily think that Kyle didn't show up, but it was more so that the fucking the frozen didn't show, didn't <laughs> show up. That's his name. I hate Demar Derozan. I've, I've hated him for the past couple years because he only shows up. <clears throat> excuse me. He only shows up in the first half of the NBA season. And playing, yeah, you might look good playing Brooklyn four times a year, Chicago, New York, you know what I'm saying, Charlotte four times a year. That's that's almost half the season. You putting up probably nice numbers, to, you know, get teams, get your average up, and then but by, by the second half of the season, by usually right after the All Star break, you start to see the decline because the pressure starts to build up. Teams start to pick up their intensity. But I didn't. I don't, I don't think Demar Derozan showed up to, to this uh, playoff series and. I mean, Brian, Brian just literally owns DeMar DeRozan. This thing. I think it's just kind of crazy how 
they consider a superstar, and regardless if you're not scoring, you got to find another way for your team to help your team out. DeRozan sat on the bench. I forgot what game that was, but he only had eight points, and he sat Game on, three, maybe. And he sat on the floor. Like, as a superstar, you just got to either you're going to D up, maybe you can be a decoy, rebound, do something. And, and I think that's court. a great point. I think you're absolutely right. I think that's a great point, especially guys that are athletic as him. Yeah, yeah. You can find another way to be involved. And, and you know, again, I, oh. I think that, you know, they – they got punished by their own success because they were a one seed and Brown was a four seed. And now you see Brown in the second round. And I honestly really feel like they lost that game in game one. Yeah, when they let game one slip absolutely. away, yeah. that, that was, was a good show. That, that was it. They should have, they, yeah, yeah, you know, you're, you're at home. You, you were up big. You have to oh, win. So you have to win overtime games at home. They shouldn't have went to overtime. But I'm saying, if it does, you have to at least win nah, that to nah, get some type of confidence. It have went so let's say they were the number two seed and faced the six. Do you think it would still be the same outcome? Do you think they would have won on You mean they, they? I don't know what seed they would have had to play the six. But say them and Boston switch places, right? And they, they would have been two Boston. Sixers, what do you think would happen with them playing the Sixers? I think they. I, I like their chances better against the Sixers. Honestly, I mean they don't get swept. That's for yeah, me. They don't. They, it's definitely not the brooms. Um. Yeah. But I do like their chances clearly better against the Sixers or I any think, other I team. I think they'll the definitely East. beat the Sixers. I, I just like their chances yeah, against definitely. any they'll other team. They'll definitely in the East. beat the Sixers. It's a psychological thing. I'm trying to tell you. Yeah, no, that, I, agree. I agree. And that goes a long way when it comes to having to perform in a seven game series. I mean, it's Brian too, think. though, right? It's 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 like, but it's Brian too, though, right? Like them, them some like you're talking two game winners that were amazing. Yeah. So yeah. you know what I mean? Like you're talking about, but. Averaging numbers, but those were game winners that he just knew that even if yeah, he, he, did. he was gonna win, he knew. Of course, he did. I mean, that's what makes him the goal. Right. I mean, so I mean, so speaking of which, one of the things that I will do is, is as far as being critical of not necessarily uh, Bron because he's him, but really the approach that the Raptors took. You know, I watched a lot of that series, and I think the one thing the Raptors they did was they guarded him straight up. Yeah, and almost I, the whole I, I, game. Why did I feel like I saw LeBron versus Ky, uh, Kyle Lowry more than I saw Brian versus DeRozan? Well, I mean, so the reason you see that is because that's like Brian's style of play, right? He'll come, he'll bring the ball up court, he'll make somebody go screen roll, he'll force this switch, then he maybe go screen roll again till he get the matchup he won, and then he go one on one against that person. My thing is, is this, you know, and again, as a guy who kind of prides himself on defense. You know, there's no way I'm 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 going to continue to switch screen rules and guard Brown one on one for four straight games. Mm-hmm. You know, after game one, I'm coming out and I'm trapping him. I'm first I'm trapping all screen rules, right? I'm trapping him every time he touched the ball, fifteen uh, 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 uh three point line and below, and I'm not letting him being able to decide what he wants to do. I'm not going to allow him to dictate the pace and the flow of what his team is going to do on offense. I'm going to trap him. So I'm not trapping him to force a turnover. I'm trapping him to limit the number of decisions he can make. Yeah, I, I didn't want to I, I was because you were supposed to head segue. Yeah, no, how, I know, but it's... How do you stop LeBron? I mean, so this is what I'm saying. I'm, talking about I'm right not now saying is, that you can stop him. I'm saying, look, when you... When you got a guy like LeBron, and I know everybody say you don't trap LeBron because he's pass first. And the thing is, is when you watch him pass the ball and you look at the shooters around him, he pres- he passes the ball almost precisely on point 
darn near every time he passed the ball. Very rarely mm-hmm. when you play with Brian, you got to bend over to catch the ball. No, no, shoot no. It. Very accurate pass. You see what I'm saying? And so, like, when you... Top five passes in the league. When you just allow a guy like that, and when you think I'm just going to stay home with my man, and I'm going to just allow a guy like that, like, your, your thought process is, well, I'm going to let Brian just be this. Like, he going to get his, you know, 40, and I'm going to just make sure everybody else don't get theirs. The thing is, is that... Yeah, he's going to get his 40, but when you allow him to roam freely, because he's a pass-first guy, he's also going to get 10, 12 assists. Right. So the reason you can't let a guy like him roam freely is because you're giving him too many options. You got to limit the options. You got to take it away. When you double him, you're saying, all right, number one, you're not about to shoot this. Number two is probably not going to be much dribble penetration either. Number three, these are the couple people you can pass it to, and I'm just going to take my chances relying on my defense to rotate more than I will letting the greatest player in the world create freely. That's just crazy. <laughs> and they let him create time and time again. And he was so comfortable, like you said. He knew the shot was going in because nothing changed on the defense. End. It never became unpredictable. There was no chest there. Right. At one point in time in the game, they let LeBron stand on the right side of the court. And I think they did a couple times with Kevin Love and Kyle Korver were setting screens for each other. So either way, somebody rolled off, and then somebody, Kevin Love, faded. And LeBron, they didn't even put pressure on the ball. LeBron right. just, like, read it, like, okay, Corver's over. Here you go, Corver, shoot it. Kevin Love fades back. Hey, Love's open over the top. So it was, they should have did something different. What they were doing was not the way to go. Right. I mean, as a person who 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 would, at sometimes maybe uh, guard a taller player, one of the most important things when you feel like you have a mismatch somewhere on the court or – you feel like you guarding a person is legit. Is the person who guarding the ball pressure the pass? Yeah. And you know, not only are they not doubling LeBron, it's the, the, you know, I don't even know the guy name that they had guarding. This, you know, I even talk about like an all defensive player on it. Yeah, but so I feel like that's where you know what LeBron, I'm saying. So uh, was they lack that, and that's the difference between when he'll play a team like Golden State because you're not putting Ibaka on, and you're not putting Valanciunas on. And, 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 I mean, Valachunas can't guard him. So, Absolutely not. You know, and, and really, you know, Ibaka kind of is a little too slow, but it's a, it's a, it will be a switch. It's a switch. It's saying we're going to do something different this time down court, and they really didn't do that. They had one primary defender on them, and that person did an absolute terrible job. They made it seem like it was Iggy, you know? Because you kind of have to have guard-like defense game when you come to Brown because he moves like a guard, but he's as big as a uh, power right. forward. Right, so you need you need those athletic wings. Uh, I mean, Golden State is the team that's best built and prepared to guard. Absolutely, because you know, and, and, and if they go to a lineup when they take Steph Curry out, and, and having Curry in isn't the biggest issue, but when they take him out and they put in a Sean Livingston with that small ball lineup of Durant and Clay and Draymond and Iggy, you know, that's a tough lineup yeah. for for any wing to go against, yeah. and they they're really built for Brown. Um, but that's that's just my two cents on guard, Brian. You know, I think, I think, I think, I think what Toronto did was just was terrible. Yeah, it's embarrassing. Yeah, it's absolutely terrible. And I, again, I think they lost it in Game One, but I think not making no defense adjustments throughout the course of the series is just flat out disrespectful to you know the greatest player in the world today, arguably the greatest player to ever play the game. So I don't mean to segue, but do you think that the the should the head coach keep his job or should they get rid of him, Brett Brown? No, no for the for the Toronto Raptors. Most likely, right. I, I I would say most likely. I understand he about the uh, the season was good, but the goal wasn't the season. 
So like that's they definitely thought it was their year this year. I mean, it was a lot of people. But how do you think? And it's your year, and you made no changes. No, they made a lot of changes. Demar Derozan and Kyle Lowry are still the your some the people your essential core, and that's to me, in my opinion, that's the problem. I think they see that they, they rely they, they rely heavily too much on them, like they're superstars. They are not superstars. I don't, I think they see that now that that well, I don't think that they rely on them in the sense that they're superstars. I think they rely on them in the sense that they're their best two players. And, and that's the team. problem. Your it, best no, players is, has to be people we can depend on. Hey, listen, go 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 win me that game today. You don't have that with the Rosen or Kyle. Lowry. I, I I agree, but the, 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 I, I think I, I think I, I I agree that you you have an issue. But I think the bigger issue is is not necessarily who Kyle Lowry and DeRozan are. I think the bigger issue is they're facing Bron, and yeah. it don't it don't matter who Toronto like Toronto could pick up Paul George. They still not gonna beat Bron. <laughs> That would be crazy. Yeah, I don't no, know. No, they're still not going to be. You Bron. don't think so? So, well, who's Bron playing for, for next year? I'm saying if you had the Rose and Paul George, I'm sorry, who's, the, Lowry, who's Bron playing for next year? All right. So my question is, if you put Paul George on that team currently right now, would they be able to beat Bron? I don't think. I don't think. I'm not betting on any team in the East beating Bron until I see it because it hasn't been done in the last seven years. Why would I say it could be done now? I don't. I why would do, Paul George? Didn't Paul George see the shots. brooms? Yeah, he had a shot. He couldn't even Brown. beat Bron one game. So you're saying if you add him to another team that couldn't beat Bron one game, they're well, gonna put their powers together Paul. and beat Bron one game? I just don't want to like say yes. Trying to come together. To I, don't, I just don't want to <laughs> say yes. <laughs> Paul George on the Pacers gave them Miami Heat a run. Right, I mean they didn't win one game though. I mean I think the funniest no, no, no. thing they did. They didn't play in the game six. They won six games. Wait, when when year did they go Paul George? I think they might have won the six games. Stevenson, Lance Stevenson, um, and David West. It wasn't yeah, Lance. Oh, oh, you talking about a couple years? It's Lance. Was yeah, I mean that was when they called him when he's blowing on LeBron. Pause. I, 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 I feel like I feel like I feel like I don't know. You think you think Miami LeBron is better than LeBron we're seeing right now? No, I like LeBron right now. Okay, so that's, I mean, that's a, me too. You know, I think the, it's... The heat, the heat Brown was drawing them. I think it was, but you know what I'm saying? I mean, this I, I like, this, this Brown, like, the, the way this Brown shoots the ball... He's a lot more efficient right now. And right. the consistency This is, is the amazing. more efficient Brown, I, I, see, yeah. I, I think. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. But I, I think the biggest thing with the, uh, with the whole Brown and Raptors joint is, like, the memes be crazy. You be coming up. Somebody sent me, like, a... Uh, you got all these, you know, LeBron face covering Thanoses, and you got the putting the uh, putting they, the, they Raptors. the Raptors. That was the, the, the Raptors. Right, that was such a perfect reference for Thanos because he, <laughs> he, he really dominated, just dominated the Avengers. Like this shit is crazy, and fucking also they coming out with the fucking uh, uh, they coming out with the new LeBrons by OVO and shit. The, the, the trolls, the fucking trolls, was getting crazy. All oh, right, right, right. That was crazy. That's the most that, that that's the most that I remember about. I'm gonna remember the whole thing. Like they be drawing. So this is this is what happens when LeBron does amazing shit in the playoffs. We end up revisiting the topic of who's better, LeBron James or Michael Jordan. And right off the top, I just want to say the two major differences between Jordan and LeBron is that once Jordan got to his peak. He didn't feel like he had to chase anyone. So you know what I'm saying? Like I feel like throughout LeBron's entire career, he's had someone to say, I, I need to strive either to be better than or to be So just you're saying that's extra motivation for LeBron to be better. Well not Jordan had that too. 
No, I don't think so. Yeah, no, he had to. He comes, he's drafted in '84, and he's at that magic, time, magic, magic and Bird. bird. Yeah, he magic. surpasses Magic and Bird by the '90s, early '90s. Then who? Who are you chasing after that? Michael Jordan's greatness went to, to '98 when it, when he left the league after his second three beat. Okay, so so. So what are we saying again with Jordan? Is that he's saying that LeBron had extra motivation to be the best player because he was chasing something, so he didn't reach that pinnacle. He had to keep pushing. Right. I mean, he has he basically has a barometer, a measurement to to look at throughout his career of of, of how great he needed to be. I, Jordan, he he passed I mean, within his first at, within his first Jordan eight years. Jordan could have looked at Kareem, huh? Jordan could have looked at Kareem, but no one was saying that. No one was really talking, having that type of good discussion. Why? We can have different debates about That's true. But no one was really having that discussion or that making that comparison. Jordan, eight years into the league, he had surpassed everyone. He was considered the greatest of all time. You know what I'm saying? So, Brian, eight years into the league, was probably being clowned because he went to uh, Miami. A little bit. You know what I'm saying? So, he had to redeem himself even from that. So I, that's just the you know one of my first first things I, I throw out there is the big differences between Brown and Jordan. How do y'all think? I think to me the major difference: Michael Jordan shoot first. Brown is I think he's fifty. I think Brown's willing to take the shot now, but he's still not Michael Jordan. All right, but the, the question the, the question now: who, who, What was the major difference? Just who do you think? Who do you think is better? I'm going Brown. Uh, I'm taking Brown. Over oh, Jordan? Yes. What's the case? What, what, what case do you make for that? Because they say that Brian can't close out a game. He's showing us he can close out. He's getting older and closing out games. So he's not on mic level, but he's closing out games now. We're seeing it. He's confident taking the last shot. Let me ask you this. Do you think that Brian has directed this part of the season more than Jordan did? Like, Jordan really was. Jordan was balling every year, no matter what. You know what I'm saying? Brian takes games off sometimes and he kind of like like last year he I felt like he purposely wanted they wanted to be two seed or whatever or so he, you're saying he kind of dictates by taking nights off yeah, to pick right. where he's at like I feel like it, it, the, the, an attempt to be a fourth seed this year was delivered they just underestimated in the end but can, then you could say so but Tim Duncan still gets the greatest power forward and he took off numerous nights and they that probably but, affected their seeding so Tim Duncan gets He's still considered the greatest power forward, right, but he right, took but off he, nights. But he gets compared. In comparison, his stats are overwhelmingly compared to his con- people he's going against. Because after power, after uh, Tim Duncan, who do you have as number two? That's a good question. Carl Malone? Nah. Oh, it's tough. Carl Malone never won a ship, so that's, it, you know, that's what you say. And Tim Duncan has five. I would be disrespectful to say KG. I think I would be disrespectful to say that KG's not too far behind, but I can't say right behind Tim Duncan. But I don't know. I don't see, even, but, but you see what I'm saying yeah. as far as like it's, it's no really the discussion. That's 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 one. That's an easy one to 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 say as far as Tim Duncan owning that at that top spot in that position. For what top five, top five four? Yeah. yeah. Man, shit. His, number, his, 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 his numbers speak otherwise. I mean. <clears throat> I don't. I'm uh, the the Mike LeBron argument. I think. Um, I think first of all, it's about perception as far as body of work 
And so when you look at Mike, you automatically look, you talk about the championships. Um, but I think also it's about dominance too. And then the counter argument in favor of Bron would be that Bron carried worse teams. He has more finals appearances. He's carried worse teams. Better. He's definitely the better all-around player. And then the argument for Mike would be will to win. I think for me, right now, the reason I still lean slightly Mike is because players' opinion say Mike. Players who played against both tend to say Mike. That's a good point. And that, and I think that matters I like because I, I feel like the media fails to respect or value, or they devalue the opinion of actual athletes. Yeah, I think I think I that, don't feel like that gets enough. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think it matters. I think it matters, but I mean, I think I do think I do think I think Brian in him being in 15 years, you know, his his longevity definitely matters a lot. The numbers he's going to produce, um, as far as statistics. And records he's going to break, I think all that matters. And I think the fact that the chapter isn't over and the fact that he's so close, I think he can catch him now. I think I think he can get another chip. Yeah, I think so. I agree. I, I, I mean agree. I mean, so you do you think get him getting a, another chip would make him better than Jordan in your opinion, you said? If he wins a chip I mean, this I, year. I, I think I think they're so close and I think that it's tough to say what you're talking about. Are you talking about what you've seen with your eye or are you talking about the greater career? You know, because if you go by what you've seen with your eye, there are some people who will say Mike, you know what I mean? Because he, they'll feel like, you know, he's the greatest scorer. He could have been a greater all-around player. People who might have seen Mike in the, in, the, in the late 80s when I know I didn't see Mike, where he averaged, you know, uh, close to a triple-double playing point guard. Right. You know, um, they might have seen a different version of Mike than – what I might have seen operating in a triangle offense, you know, I don't, I, I, I didn't see Mike not in a triangle offense. I don't know what that that looks like. Right. So, so you don't know what. Type it's, of, it, and one thing you know about the, the triangle right offense is, it, you know, it's, 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 yeah, but the triangle offense skews your numbers, right? Yeah, yeah. You're probably not going to have as many assists, right? Because it's more of an isolation triangle style, feed off the post, then move out the post or beat your man out the post. Type but, of but I feel like so, you're nitpicking what you're talking about. What offenses Michael Jordan played in, in the early eight and in the late eighties, as opposed to I mean, it's kind of nitpicking, but it impacts stats. You know what I'm saying? The type of offense in the era you played in impacts what your stats are going to look like, right? Because LeBron, it's just hard to argue 35 points a game for a year. I mean, I mean, but can we also say that the zones implemented when LeBron came, right? Yeah, he he had to deal with the zone. He's done with the zones, right? The zones implemented. What was it, like late nineties sometime? I mean, probably early two thousands. But either way, yes, he de- yeah. LeBron definitely deals with zone his his entire career. Absolutely. But the thing that I that that always but as fast me, as the game is and as much three pointers people shoot, like what do zone really mean now? It depends on the team what zone really means. God, I, I've seen. I think the Golden State Warriors. I seen them plays on a couple of times. They play. Yeah, that's true. They do, and they'll they'll, they'll pack it. They'll pack it. And, yeah. They'll put the help in for for Brian. I mean, sure. with Jordan, he was just so dominant for me in the playoffs. Like whenever it was like playoff, Jordan nowadays he like playoff Rondo and shit. So you got playoff Jordan is is like it's like inevitable. Like, right. So and and a so lot that's of times, what made it more drawn. They're they're using the game winner stat, right? So because Brian has more game winner, but if you're that that shows how dominant Jordan was that he didn't 
he was dominating the game in itself so much that he wasn't running in the game with us. The, the counter argument might be though that you know Jordan um, tend to have tend to have better teams, and um, you know some would even argue that who who had the the, the calls and the rules Jordan definitely had a tougher era, um, but who had the who played against tougher talent? You know you figure Jordan definitely played against tougher bigs, but Brown probably played against tougher wings. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. That was the era of like Elijah Browns, the Patrick Kings, right. the Jordan Robinsons, Alonzo Mornings. Tough bigs, tough centers, and tough. Where in the game, I feel, I feel like the big position mattered more. Where as sure, now, more of a physical yeah, game. Exactly. Yeah, uh, speedball. Yeah. Speedball. They, yeah. I mean, they and LeBron is like the perfect prototype for this type of yeah, this style of play. He's a hybrid. I don't think the book is written yet. Written yet? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's but, not. I'm being, I'm kind of biased, so but I don't think the book has been fully written. And we've seen, and one thing about LeBron is we've seen the entire body of work, and the entire body of work has been amazing. And I think the most amazing, you know, he has two great things going for him, like never being injured, and um, that's a plus to his stats, absolutely. Oh yeah, and, and that's the, very hard um, to do. And a consecutive. 82 Sign, games. Just cyborg. And, I mean, he's he's never been injured. He's straight from high school. His mileage he's, is He's insane. an all-star right from the rip and the consecutive finals appearances. You know how many minutes he's clocking in? That's yeah. a lot of bad But the one thing I, the one thing I, the one argument that I don't think is fair is the argument to say that we didn't see Mike. You know, there, there there's the narrative that people who were born in the 80s didn't see Mike. And I, I don't think that's a fair argument because if, if that's like saying somebody born in 03, didn't see LeBron. Right. And I feel like... that You know, it depends on the type of household you, you raised in. I feel like it's, that's not fair because technology. You know what I'm saying? It's just... You know basketball. If you know basketball, you know basketball. Yeah. You're able to go back and see games and... Right. And, but, it, it, again, it depends on the type of house you grow up in. Like, I mean, we grew up in a different era where we watched four games. Yeah. Right. right. So, I know for me, I... I spent a lot of time as a kid, like at the Baker League All Star Games, and you know uh, when the Sixers did a lot of their uh, draft camp stuff, and um, at Sixers games, and you know even college games as well. So for me, I I, I mean I grew up mm. basketball all the way through and through. I'm in the basketball house. I I vividly remember Sixers in the early '90s. You know I remember when we drafted, you know Sharon Wright and B.J. Tyler. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? I I, I seen that. DJ Tyler. You know, I remember when we drafted Clarence Witherspoon. Mm. I remember that. I remember the Sean Bradley draft. Mm-hmm. So you're not going like I remember him. You know what I'm saying? So like I seen Penny Hardaway play. You're not going to tell me I didn't see Penny Hardaway. I seen Grant Hill play. So the, the, so if I seen Grant Hill and I seen Penny Hardaway, if I if I remember. Chris Webber getting drafted, and I remember watching him on draft day getting traded for Penny Hardaway. But how about your IQ for the game at that time? Because that's, that's what the other side would say. They said that your IQ for the game wasn't mature. You didn't know about basketball. You didn't know if Jordan was fucking up or whatever. Okay, so so two. I'll say two things to that. The first thing I'll say is Michael Jordan was bigger than basketball too. And that mattered when you're talking about being the greatest basketball player of all time. Right. The type of household name he was, 
Um, if you're going to argue that one didn't have the IQ to really articulate and assess his game, you can't argue the type of how he saved that man is and that matters. I didn't say he saved it. I'm saying he took it to a whole nother market. I feel like Magic and, and Bird saved it more than, than Mike did. I think Mike just took it to a whole nother economic level. You know what I'm saying? Making things more marketable like the Wheaties and yeah. the... You know the Hanes and you know stuff like Especially that. Especially when they went to the Olympics. Yes. Yeah. And then the game become a global and things like that. And so the second thing that I vividly remember about Michael Jordan is, you know, I remember when, you know, the start of the second of the three P for them, and I remember when the season was starting and like just having a conversation like with my dad, my brothers, like we do all the time, even till this day. Anybody who knows and. Like, everybody just agreeing that the Bulls was just going to win the, the finals. They were going to win it before the season even started. We knew they were going to win it. Yeah, and that year, in that year they wound up breaking the record for most wins in the season. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So, like... Yeah. I remember that, too. It was, just, it was a shoe win. But who... When do you remember that type of dominance? I, I, don't, I haven't seen that type of dominance, for me personally, since... Uh, the Warriors, to me, is the closest thing. The Warriors that we're watching right now, to me, is the closest thing to that type of dominance. If they win, I know that Lakers three peep was good, but I think that there were some shaky moments there where you thought that they might lose one. Right. You know that that Bulls three peep, especially that third one that I seen, especially that that middle one, it was no question that it was. You knew they were going to win them. Mm-hmm. You, you knew they were, and that's and that speaks to his dominance. So you know, I'm not saying that. Um, LeBron isn't great. I'm not saying that he doesn't belong in the conversation with Mike. I think he does. I think he does belong in the conversation with possibly the greatest player of all time. Um, I think that you can still go either way right now. I'm on the fence right now. And I think those years in Miami. But it, you can't it, say we didn't hurt. see Mike. I feel like That's those years in Miami is what hurt Brown because he did have good. No, but that told him how to win. He had to learn how to win a chip. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. He was. But LeBron final record is like three and five, ain't it right? Three and five with a couple of shitty ass teams. Yeah, he's played. He's when played. You got Daniel Marshall at the end of his career. That's, that's the first one. Yeah, one the first one he had over no Dallas. One of those five. Those he lost that, he, he that was a bad loss. I agree with that one. That, that, Jordan has never. That's never Jordan happened to Jordan. Took over. Brian had a bad loss and he had a lucky win, right? The one where Ray Allen Yeah, you know, so he had a bad loss. He had a lucky win. And then he had a team make it to the finals that had no business being there. And he also had teams that he played against that were flat out way better than him. That that Warriors year where the Warriors won it, um, when uh the when the Warriors won the first one. Yeah. Oh yeah, they were way better than Brian. He had no yeah. business even winning two games that year. Yeah, that was the year that I, I would have said that was the year I would have said that if Brian wins that series. We would have had a different discussion as far as who's better. We probably, we probably would, but I mean that would have been the first time someone would know. But his performance was phenomenal, though. Even that him, him winning two games and being in that series, he was out of the world. He's averaging, I think he averaged almost forty points a game. It was was an amazing performance, and so, um, like you know, there are a lot of even though his LeBron's record is bad in the finals, I I do believe there's some asterisks next to them. Like again. You know, one he got lucky and one one he definitely shouldn't have lost. And then there's a couple where as though, you know, how did he even make it to the finals? Absolutely. This would be one of those years where it's like, how did he even make it to the finals? It's a four seed. He's gonna drag these guys into the finals. 
I mean, he, I, I mean, feel like it was deliberate, crazy. deliberate cheating, like by him, by by the Cleveland Cavaliers. I just feel like they underestimated the Pacers and the matchup problems that they were gonna have with the Pacers. No, I mean, like different teams present different matchup problems. You know what I mean? So it was just like a ain't nobody taking them motherfucking seriously. And I think that they were lacking confidence. I think when this, once they start hitting shots, like the the supporting cast, they they were like, I think what it was is. Barkley has said it. It's like he gets a group of new guys out there outside the J.R. Smith and Love, but you got Paul, what's the uh, the point guard? And they kind of lack in the comments because they don't want to be the guys that don't get LeBron into the second round. So they're kind of playing kind of tight. Like, they always make it to the second round. Now with us, we're not going to make it. But once they start getting comfortable in the playoffs and hitting shots, they turn into a different game. Yeah, I agree. I think they're much more. And they got their rhythm. They, they kind of found a rotation, too. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That definitely matters as well. So, it's going to be, um, I mean, I will say it's going to be interesting, but I think, again, I've, I've said it since last year's finals, and I haven't wavered away from it. Cavs, Warriors, part four, Warriors win it. Yes. The only question is, who's the finals MVP? All right, so I feel like that pretty, much, <laughs> that pretty much wraps up uh, the sports side of the podcast, and I feel like we're going to transition over to some, uh, I guess, with which we call this book, pop culture. Um, everybody was up in the buzz saw for that uh, Childish Gambino video. Uh, oh, yeah, that drum was crazy. So, could you give us the background? What What did you, because I've I, I list, I seen numerous reports saying about the symbolism in it. Yeah. So, the first thing, I don't know if everybody agree, the first thing they said that he was depicting Jim Crow when he shot the guy in the back of the head to stance. I seen that. Well, okay, I saw that one. I don't know if I agree with it, but that they said that. Then he said that the fact that he's dancing all around the video and not people are not realizing what's going behind. He said that's what's happening now. Total chaos. Behind yeah, he says like rappers are just rapping about just dancing, but it's more shit that's so going he was on. Very, he, 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 he's he's being very cryptic in in the video. Yeah, yeah. And then I forgot what the last thing that they said he was symbolizing. There was one where the the horse was being ridden by death. Okay, and he's right. He's riding on a white horse, and behind him was hell, and hell was the cop. Oh, the cops! I didn't catch that. I didn't see that either. What did you see that? You didn't see that? Hell no. Uh, they they were talking that. about how after every time he shot somebody, the gun had more value than the life of the people or person that he shot. Like they would like carry the gun off and secure it, but the person or people that would be shot would be like dragged, drug away, or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of little subliminal messages in there. How do you guys feel about the song in itself? Um, I'm a DJ. I'm, I'm a, I ain't banging that shit in the club. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm going to take the political, politically correct approach to it. I definitely think the video is creative. Um, but me personally, I, I, I just don't like the song. You know what I mean? It ain't... It, I, I think, you know, I like positive music. But at the same time, just because the song is positive and the video is creative... Don't mean I gotta like the song. You know, I don't see myself playing it at any time for any reason because it just does nothing for me. You know, again, the video is dope. I'm not saying that the video is dope. I see the images and all that, but like, I'm not playing it with my son. Um, You know, it's not, it's just, I can't think of a scenario where I wanna play it. It doesn't inspire me to do anything. I mean, for me, I actually think it's a nice song. You just like it, it depends. Like a, I don't I'm not saying it's, like it's a, not nice. I'm saying like I don't like the song. I'm cool. Right. I'm not really trying to listen to the. You know, this is America. I, I'm cool. It ain't. 
That ain't. That ain't how you feel. I mean, I, it depends. It's just not making your playlist, like you said. It's and not making look, my playlist. If, look, if 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 some people in my circle could listen to Jim Jones, they can listen. to that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm not. And then, you know, maybe if I'm in the car I, and that song come on the radio, <laughs> it might, it might, you know, I might change the station. I might not. Maybe, maybe not. But I'm definitely not. It's definitely not. If the video wasn't so dope, I wouldn't be talking about the song. How about that? Right. Right. Well, you know, I mean, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, music, music if, is If music. the Kanye situation was not going on right now, then I feel like this video would be, like, satire, probably. Like, you're not, you're not really painted no more. I, I mean, if they got the, uh, I mean, he has an album coming out soon? Yeah. Do you, do, so has, do you know the date? No. Has the background of Charles Gambino been to be like aware, like what type of? Because I haven't really listened to him. I listened to some of the last album. So is he like somebody that tries to push a message out there, awareness, or this is just like a he just wanted to put a song out because he knew it would hit because the times we're in. I think, I, think yeah, I, think, yeah, I think both. I think both. I think both too. I think both. He's just, you know, I, I think he, he's an okay artist and he got this. And the, uh, he, I, he be doing comedy and shit too. Well, I think we just talking about the video and uh, individually, but I mean, I had his last album. Uh, I, I there's a track on there that I listened to. I don't even know what it's titled right now, but um, I know that he had that song, that daylight song, when he's singing on it. That was on there, right? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I got to pull that joint out. I mean, I just, my whole thing is, is that, again, just because the song is positive don't mean I got to like it. You know, I like, and there's a lot of positive music I like, you know? No, that's and I, I, think, I agree with you. I, I, I've, I think I'm a, I've been a guy who's, who's promoted a lot of positive music, you know, from the time you guys have known me. So it's not like I'm not a guy who doesn't like conscious hip hop. I just don't like, <laughs> <laughs> I just don't like that song. Um. I mean, no, I'm not gonna say I don't like the song. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's not. It's, it's just not the thoroughest song. It's just, I just, it's, it just reminds me of the Kendrick Lamar uh, video with the cop car burning and him standing on top of it. It's just like another one of those. It's just, it, it'll have the attention based on how it's being viewed because it's very controversial. It was it was that overload. Yeah. So, but but in a couple months we won't be talking about it. Yeah, I mean, I just think, and, and, and I, I don't know, I think right now what we're seeing is hip-hop being used as, like, political propaganda. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. And so, for like, sure. but in a in a way where, you know, we haven't seen it. In the great words of my man CJ, hip-hop runs the world. It And, I mean, it, mm-hmm. it influences a lot of culture, and I do see that. But, like, what we're seeing right now is, like, you know... Not, not when you, when you things have, that are not indirect or subliminal. But when we're you like have free direct. meek signs in the Olympics, in the Winter Olympics, you see him free meek signs, right? You know what I'm saying? It, it's, it shows you how far it you know the, the Kanye issue with Trump. You know, speaking directly to Absolutely. you know a, a sitting president, and then you know for Ti to make the track with him, and then you know even this video here, it, it's political officials use hip hop artists as a vessel to get their word out. Yeah, but we just got to be careful because, absolutely, you know, we don't control the hip hop narrative the way we think we do. And I, I, I'm, I I'm watching how a lot of people are responding to this video and to the Kanye situation and this whole, you know, free thinking concept is dangerous. You know, and I'm not saying that we should be um, enslaved in our thinking. I'm saying that we can't let people use cold words to let us think that 
what people have done in the past should be forgiven, mm-hmm. right? Like cold word, like free thinking is a cold word that they're using, which is equivalent to like dog whistle politics. So dog whistle politics is like a concept that you can trace back to even before the 1960s and 70s, but definitely when you're looking at like a Nixon presidency and war on drugs and, you know, even when people use other terms in today's politics, it's called dog whistle politics, where people are trying to like get society to be desensitized to in a certain capacity where they don't recognize uh, a specific issue while also speaking to an audience and cool. You know what I'm saying? So for us, when they talk about make America great again, that's a great example of dog whistle politics because at you speak it to a certain audience and you're talking about America at a time when a certain demographic was oppressed. And it's all subliminal language. And so like, I'm just, it's just, I'm, I'm dangerous. It's dangerous as to what hip hop can inspire people to do when we have a crucial presidential election coming up in 2020. So you're saying that Kanye West is pretty much the norms that Donald Trump is trying to push. You're saying Kanye West is enforcing them with saying this free thinking to desensitize people from thinking. Yeah, I mean, so Kanye West, Kanye West using words like free think and love is the equivalent of when Nixon is running for president and he's talking about, you know, uh, the war on drugs. It's the same thing, you know what I'm saying? Because you're trying to condition people to believe a certain thing is okay or not okay. And you're using like cold words to essentially do it. Wait, what? Cold words? And, and when I say cold, I'm talking about speaking subliminally without coming out and saying Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like free like free thinking. Like, like, like free thinking basically means like, for example, he said, well, you know, why do all black people have to be Democrats? So it gets you thinking, like, yeah, you that's, know, real rap. Like, why do all black people have to be Democrats? But that's and then, false. And, and, that's and, you know, you yeah, know what I'm saying? So then when you start to break it down, you say, hold on. First of all, all black people not Democrats. Right? That's the first thing. The second thing is, all right, so if, if we're going to organize the black vote, let's talk about organizing the black vote. You see what I'm saying? Like, it, it, it's one thing to say, you know, why all black people got to be Democrats. It's another thing to say, let's organize the black vote. And vote in the way of and vote for people who's in the best interest of black people. So it's all like it's, it's all words and how you use words and 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 how people are playing on words and images and, just, and how they're doing it is, I believe, is going to create. It, I believe it can create a certain level of political chaos. I just feel like it's disrespectful for media to put Kanye in in a certain at a certain pedestal on topics. He doesn't know about. That's true too. Like, why is Kanye's voice louder than I would say, for example, a Mark Lamont? What was, what was the boy name? Mark Lamont Hill. Mark Lamont Hill. I mean, so all right. So here you go. Here's a here's a there's a big disparity between the ed- how much uh, education a political person well, like me, Mark let's, Lamont let's, Hill let's, has over Kanye West. I mean, I agree with that. Because Kanye is un- uneducated on a topic, but yet he his opinion gets um, millions and millions of views and gets talked about. I mean, right. So this is the qu- this, so this is a question I have. Is Kanye West a genius? Oh yeah, of course, musically. Yeah, M- musically, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I mean, mm-hmm. my my thing is all right. So. All right, so P. 
greats come before and then they pretty much predicate what genius is. How are we measuring genius? Because musically. Yeah, but he's musically, he, a lot of his, more, more than 90% of his music are samples of other classical songs that were made. I mean, call it what you want, but it's just, he's just, I mean, it's a, some music drop, if a fucking music alert came to your phone, it's like, uh, Kanye West just made some new music, most likely you would listen to it. If not, uh, d- d- depending on how bad you was affected by All his right, words. so if Kanye's a genius, then we have to say that Dr. Dre's also a genius. Oh, yeah, of course. Dr. Dre's a genius. Yeah, yeah. I'm not arguing that. Uh, Zika is. Nah, Dr. Dre is a genius. Oh, if Kanye no. West is a genius. I mean, I, I just, you know, what is the notion of a genius? Right. I, I just, you know, I, I mean. Someone who's considered like a prodigy, uh, an outlier, like he, like, like you like to say, an outlier of, of his peers. Is he a genius because of his ability to be a producer? Is he a genius because he's an artist? Is he, is, or is he famous? No, I feel like how much of his how much of his is how much of his lyrics are not his lyrics. I mean, I, why do we consider Jay Z a genius? We could we probably consider Jay Z more of a a mogul than a genius, right? We don't really. Do you consider Jay Z a genius? Or so you saying like genius is like scientists and I don't know. I'm just asking. I don't know. I mean, is Jay Z a lyrical genius? I'm just asking. I mean, I just. Yeah, I think it's hard to I, define. Like, I mean, just, it's I'm, hard I'm, to define I'm, what a genius I'm, is if we don't have any guidelines, and especially if we gotta narrow it down to what he's a genius at. And what I mean, you I consider you a genius in that right. field. I'm looking at the the the. the, the That's why I said we need to figure out how are we measuring this. I would say, uh, to me, if, if you talk about rap, I would say rap. I would say thinking outside the box and making it work, because he came around. He started the. He was big on eight oh eight. I don't think too many people. I think T-Pain probably touched it. I don't know how many other people touched it. But he kind of made that sound be more like, give it more like exposure. So I think in that aspect of music, I think he definitely, the 808 there, I think he was definitely a genius for that. People was like, I don't know what he's doing, but it, it came out, you know, it came out as a great album. Wait, who's that one you talking about? 808. Okay. Mm. And, his, and his marketing, the way he marketed them Yeezys, Everywhere you but go, that's, you something, that's something separate. That's fashion. That's just, yeah, but that's the genius. Is, so does that add to his musical genius? Or so, so, uh, so it sounds like we're measuring genius as far as how much success that you have. So if you're unsuccessful, you're not a fucking genius. I, I don't think you can say that because there's people that, you know, that have their own following and people like, they're music genius. Like Tech Nine, the dude from the Midwest, people think he's a musical genius and he has his own following, but we don't really listen to him. You mean, I've seen people like rave about him. Like, you know, his music is so, like, I've seen the people that watch some of his shows on YouTube. What's your name? be crazy. Tech Nine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and somebody might have said him a music genius, but we don't really listen to him. He has a large uh, uh, fan base. But we're not his fan base, and people still consider him <laughs> a music genius. You probably be like, yo, this your ass, but you might be considered a genius. I mean, I mean, I mean yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it sounds like we're measuring bank accounts in this day and age. So, so to me, I was thinking about who was a genius, uh, quote a genius back in the day, or oh, was passed away, and who, who is what he did. Like you, you would have to do something, or done something, I guess. Back yeah, that's day. hard to tell who's a genius, but I, I would put if with me not knowing the full definition, I would definitely put Kanye in that field. I would have to put him in there. Yeah, you fucking throw a beat on, you don't fucking kill that shit. You gonna be hype as shit. It's like everyone can't do that shit. I just wanted to raise the question. I mean, 
in the notion of like him challenging free thinking, I'm challenging the platforms that people have. You know what I'm saying? Like I like we watch again, I think I think people our age have a unique perspective of Kanye because we were the few people who were introduced to college dropout while you were at the age or in college. So it hits you a different way. Late registration hits you a different way because you might have been late registering for class when the album dropped. You know what I'm saying? So it the whole situation has a different feel when you watch how he built the book bag brand, which is, you know what I'm saying, kind of what I'm calling it. You know how he built that backpack book bag brand and and took it and to a space birth, where, yeah, like, I just seen me tweet Wale. You know what I'm saying today, or or, or or post Wale joint today, and Wale is an example of that Kanye, that Kanye. lane. Yeah. You know what I'm saying that that's that that's, so that's that. genius right there. And, and so and so I guess and and, and 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 I'm not saying he is genius. I'm not saying he's not genius. But I'm saying we we have to challenge the platform that people have in the midst of watching them rant and rave like this. You know what I'm saying? I just think I just think that it, it's irrelevant to the point that I'm making as far as. He should not have this political view, like this realm where he just he's able to control or own a topic that he he doesn't know nothing nothing about. This I, is not a topic. This, this is not a that. topic about producing shit or making music. Because this is about topics to about running about running the world. And you will unequivocally uneducated on on shit if you're sitting there and saying statements like 400 years of slavery was an option, was a choice." I agree with you. Cause and then he, that shit goes fucking crazy. Why? Because he's Kanye West? I think if he wasn't... I think it's marketing. And that's why I think it's kind of... If he wasn't about to drop music, I don't think he would be speaking up on these topics and causing controversy. They're saying it's a theory like that he's doing this Andy Kaufman situation where he's going to just hit a complete switch, flip, 180, and he's going to be able to... But and, I don't think he's going to be able to... it's all marketing. Yeah, but I feel, like it, at the end, I feel like if that's the narrative, that's stupid. Because, first of all, you can't take back what you're saying. And if if this winds up being you just trying to market your 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 your, your, your album, then shame on you. Like I think you, he's, you, you, he's been you sold. Sell it, you sell in my opinion, soul. he been sold his soul. <laughs> I think he's been he's been not the Kanye that we used to. I Based on what? Just the fact. Um, I would say based on the fact, just the way Man, that he, he comes across. You know. Just not the way the interactions are. Like when you lose your relationship with Jay Z. And then you're talking about he didn't reach out to you and and all this other stuff, and you're getting into stuff that's outside the music. It's like mm. stick to the music. You're dealing with Jay Z. That's why I think he kind of lost us. He's kind of like came more like we don't. I, I know what it I was. can't explain it, but I just feel like I lost touch with him down I, the line. I I, I, I can't really I put my hand my finger on it. I just I just feel like I lost touch with him. It was it, it was Kim Kardashian, dog. I wanted to say that, but I can't really say it because I I, I, mean, I don't know it. their relationship. I so. can say it. What, but what about Kim Kardashian? Did did, did that to him? It's a curse, dog. Man, <laughs> is the curse? You ain't about the curse. I think I, I think we just lost touch with him. It just, I, it just, I just feel like Kanye West is a product of an insecure child born in in a house with no father, no other siblings. You know what I'm saying? And nah, he's, he's been he's he's been insecure his whole life, and he's wanted to to him the trophy the the, the championship ring was having a Kim Kardashian type, not a black woman. I've never seen a prominent black woman next to next to his head. Hey, <laughs> you all didn't see that. You did see the meme, right? They said who you married dictates the man you become. I think that I'm cool. I think that's that's that's, that's that has holds a lot of facts to it. Wait, person, say it again. Who? The person, the woman who you married 
dictates the man. How you do you have a video that you become? The Sky High video. You got uh, Diana Ross' daughter and Neil Long in the video, but you marry and 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 have a baby with Kim Kardashian. So you're saying you can't be for the people if you marry outside the race. Now to take it to a racial thing, you're saying he can't be the old Kanye West because he married outside his race. Mm, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just felt I was talking about his insecurity. Okay. I feel like he's insecure about the fact that he don't feel like he's black enough to be with a black woman. He don't feel like that himself because he's so that's different. Little, he's girlfriend before deep. Kim Kardashian was black. Huh? Was girlfriend before Kim Kardashian was black. Who was she? I don't know who she was, but she was black. He was like, no, he was fucking with Amber Rose before Kim Kardashian. I'm sorry, two girlfriends before that. I forgot. I forgot what her name was, but she definitely was black. I just feel like that was too short a period to even for it, for it to even matter. I feel like he went to Amber Rose, who was white, and then Kim Kardashian, who was also white. He just has me loved. I wish he would just put out music. And just we could just listen to the music. Right, I agree with that. I hundred percent. And this is what I'm saying. Like, why are we giving him so much credence on topics he knows nothing of? Because he's blatantly saying shit he don't fucking know. And I feel like he's having a fucking mental breakdown. <laughs> that mental health shit is very real. And I'm so disappointed. But at the same time, I almost expected the the Kardashians are trying to bank off of a mental breakdown of another high status black person. Oh you know shit! Saying? You didn't, you, They're you gonna put this, this. This is gonna be on the Kardashian show. Uh, all this is gonna be recorded behind the scenes, and people are gonna want to see like what really happened transpired during that time with Kanye West. Well, you just, that you just answered your own question on why he's getting this because he's part of one of the most trend. I and I don't agree why they're so trendy because I don't really think they have any talent. But he's part of one of the most trendiest things going on now, the Kardashians. It's all about branding. So about he's, branding. he's a part of that. So that's that's another reason why the people give him the platform because he's one. Of but the- that just goes against who we all grew up knowing, Kanye. That goes against that that person that we felt exactly. In love I agree because I can't you know I can't give specific reasons why I fell in, out of touch with him. But that definitely I could agree with that. And I feel like I lost touch with him when he started. You know when he ventured off into that relationship. Yeah. When was that? I don't remember, but it just it just didn't seem like the same Kanye. It's always those damn white women. They be drawn, dog. Like, think about it, y'all, y'all. Think about it, y'all as black men. Would your wife a black? All right. So would you wife a black woman who has a sex tape out there? Uh, love is love, dog. No, not a Kanye not a black, do it. Not a black man with pride. He's not doing. Hell that. no, he ain't doing that shit. It was a feeling I had, though, not feeling the way he was, like, just the way he was moving. But I don't have no specific concrete. I want to, I don't want to sit here and say, I'm just like, I knew something concrete about it. I just didn't feel like it's the same Kanye we're accustomed to. So I need more proof for that. Maybe next episode I'll have proof of things that I didn't agree with or disagree with. But I just don't think he's moving the same. Yeah, Eddie, we definitely got to have you back on another episode of the podcast. Uh, let's agree to disagree, even though you didn't do too much agree, uh, disagreeing. Right. But, you know, we're not mad at you for I that. Man. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the Philly in you right there. But uh, no, the, another great episode. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, check us out next time. Signing out. Let's agree to disagree. Peace.